I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Only four teams left in the competition this year. Throughout this week, we'll be going through each of these four teams and talking about the last time that they won the NRL Premiership. Today, we're going to dive into the South Sydney Rabbitohs, of course. Their last Premiership victory was in 2014, a night that I was lucky enough to be there for and living in the South Sydney sort of area, just seeing the emotion around it was just unbelievable. Not a Rabbitohs fan myself, but it's a night that I'll never forget watching the emotion in that stadium and then obviously coming home that night and being around the local area. It was like nothing I've seen before and as is the case with a lot, you know, every team that wins a competition, the local area is just going nuts. But South Sydney obviously didn't win a premiership for a very long time. I think it was 41 years they had to wait between premierships, which is a long, long stint and so many storylines that went into this premiership, you know, obviously during that long stint of 41 years, South Sydney were kicked out of the comp. They came back in in 2002 and had those couple of years where Good God, it was hard to watch. I can only imagine as a South Sydney fan how hard it must have been. I know that, you know, I obviously used to go to Aussie Stadium and the SFS uh, being a member down there, and we used to go and watch South, but... You know, you used to not go to those games even when there was nothing on because they were just getting slapped by 40 and 50 points. It felt like every single week, those dark days of the early 2000s and the mid-2000s for the Rabbitohs, and just slowly it started to change. I remember the day that, you know, Kidwell, Mick Crocker, Asatasi, these sort of guys signed, and you sort of thought, ah, shit, you know, these guys are real footballers. These guys are big-timers, and it was sort of starting to turn the club around because, like, there was other guys that signed there that were big names, but they were sort of coming to the back end of their career, and as were those guys, but they were proper names. They were real names. You throw, you know, you throw the Wesses in there, uh, David Peachy, these sort of guys. They're proper rugby league names that South Sydney was starting to attract. And, you know, here we are by, you know, 2010, 2011, and they're able to get guys like Sam Burgess, Greg Inglis. It was a real turning of the tide. And along with that, there's the narrative of all the local juniors they brought through this side, which unfortunately is rare when it comes to premiership teams. But this South Sydney team, they had so many local juniors 
It was crazy. Alex Johnson, he was a La Perouse Panther. Dylan Walker, he was a mascot jet. Adam Reynolds, he, he played in South Sydney as well. I can't remember off the top of my head where, where Adam Reynolds played. I think he played for Waterloo. Uh, you know, a heap of the... Johnny Sutton was a Kensington Saint. Jason Clark played in the Eastern Suburb in South Sydney. So did Kyle Turner. I mean, just a heap of guys that came through this system. And a few more guys that weren't in the team that were part of the system. Like, you know, your... Um, who, who was in this side? Nathan Merritt. Um, there was a couple of other guys too. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the um, the center that was playing for them that year. I can't remember his name. Anyway, there was a heap of local juniors that came through this side that had a huge impact on it. And guys in key positions, a couple of guys that they brought into this team, obviously your Sam Burgess, your Ben Tettle, um, Greg Inglis, these sort of guys that had huge impact. You also had a young Luke Keary as well. And I think people forget just how young Luke Keary was at this point. I mean, this was his second season of first grade, I think, and he didn't play much the year before. He might have played six or seven games off the top of my head in 2013, but 2014, the other thing you got to remember is that this team looked nothing like what it did on grand final day. Now, let me read to you the starting side in round one. The starting side in round one was Greg Inglis, at fullback, Nathan Merritt and Lottie Takiri on the wings. Bo Champion, that's who I was trying to remember. Another local junior. Bo Champion and Bryson Goodwin in the centres. So round one, their winger and their two centres, they weren't in the grand final team. Dylan Walker was at six, so he was playing a completely different position. Adam Reynolds was at seven. Up front, you had George Burgess and Sam Burgess. So Sam Burgess moved positions throughout this season. Isaac Luke at nine. He, of course, wouldn't play in the grand final either. Another storyline to touch on. In the second row, you had Chris McQueen, Ben Teo, and John Sutton in jersey 13. Johnny Sutton would change positions as well. Now, incredibly, when you look at this round one side that they went into the season with and you compare it to the grand final team, the guys that are on the bench, this is quite incredible. They had Ben Lowe, Joe Picker, Dave Terrell, and Luke Burgess. Now, none of those guys featured in the grand final team, which is pretty crazy to think about. Other than Dave Tyrrell, none of those guys featured in the grand final team. So there's like six or seven guys from their round one team who weren't in the team come grand final day that they won, which is an incredibly impressive effort. These premiership winning sides, you normally need a bit of luck to fall your way with injuries and whatnot. And South Sydney, they made a heap of changes throughout this season and they just made it work, which is a real credit to this team and and this system and what Michael Maguire had set up there. Look, this season, they finished third overall. Uh, So they went into finals footy. And it's a story that I always remember from this season. And I might have told this one before, but a good mate of mine who's a long-term South Sydney fan, I'll take you back to 2013, the year before. He was at the semi-final that they lost to the Manly Seagulls. I think they got beaten about 32 to 20 or something. They were in the game, but the Manly Seagulls were the better side. And you've got to remember 2013, this is a pretty star-studded Manly Seagulls side. They, of course, went down to the Sydney Roosters in the grand final, but you're talking Stewarts, Lions, DCEs, Forens, these sort of guys. Like, they were a top-shelf side. Only just got done by the Roosters, led at halftime there. And I remember my mate told me that at the end of that game, a Manly fan turned around to him and said, oh, unlucky, mate. And he sort of went, yeah, yeah, you know, they were sort of having a bit of banter throughout the game. And the Manly fan said to him, you know what your problem is? you don't have enough C-U-N-T. And he sort of sat there and thought, what the hell does that mean? You know, what, what do you mean by that? And he sort of said, you know, you don't have enough shit in your, in your game. You don't have enough guys that are going to stand up and just go, fuck you, we're coming at you in this game. And over the next year, that changed. That changed, I think, under Michael Maguire. You had Sam Burgess, who just went to another level. Ben Tittle, he'd always been a good player, but he turned into a great player in the 2014 season. And for me, he caused a massive difference. There's a moment in the prelim final against the Sydney Roosters where they win that one, where Ben Tittle comes on. He gives away a penalty. 
And there's a moment where he looks at Sam Burgess and he sort of says, he says something along as of, I'm here for you. And I've heard Sam Burgess talk about it and he just got goosebumps from it and it just sent him to another level. Ben Teo was massive in this team and he just had such a big impact. Obviously, the signings of Greg Inglis, Sam Burgess, they were massive as well. But just an unreal season. And the other thing about this side is that they got the very best out of a lot of young guys. I mean, you have a look. Dylan Walker started this season at 5'8". He was one of, if not the best center in the game in 2014 by the end of the season. You have a look at Alex Johnson. He's one of the most prolific try scorers our game has ever seen. He wasn't in the team for round one, yeah? So you had a kid playing essentially his first season, Alex Johnson, on one wing, absolutely carving. On the other wing, Lottie Takiri. I mean, he was probably 32, 33 at this point. They got the very best out of him as well. So, so many really good storylines coming out of this grand final. And what I've done for all these premiership winning sides is I've gone through and I've found the leader, in my opinion, the most valuable back, the most valuable forward, and their undervalued man in each side. You'll be able to see these on Instagram. They might not be up straight away. It'll be up in the next half an hour or so. So if you've caught this podcast as soon as I've dropped it, stay tuned. You'll be able to see it. But you'll hear it all here anyway. So from the 2014 South Sydney Rabbitohs, the guy that I put as the leader, I don't think you could really question this one, has to be Sam Burgess. He, of course, went on to win the Clive Churchill medal, uh, had a fantastic game in the grand final, and the storyline will forever be. A bit like Johnny Sattler, yeah, had the facial injury in the first tackle of that, that game and went on to play massive minutes and had a massive impact on that game. I mentioned before that, you know, the South Sydney team in 2013, they were just lacking that little bit of shit in their game. And Sam Burgess, he just took it to a new level in 2014. He was unstoppable. I think on his day, Sam Burgess, it's hard to argue that he isn't top five forwards I think I've ever seen. He could just do it all. And in 2014, he was so fit. It was incredible. So Sam Burgess, he was definitely the leader, the guy that stood up in a number of big moments, especially on grand final day. The vast majority of players would have come off with that injury and you couldn't hold it against them in any way, shape or form. In fact, just about every doctor would say you have to come off and it makes sense, but that's just the sort of warrior Sam Burgess was. You've got to remember, this was his last season with the South Sydney Rabbitohs as well. We all know as history plays out, he would return. But at this point, he was going to union the next season. So a huge performance from Sam Burgess that season, especially on the night that they needed him most. Just unreal scenes. The similarities to Johnny Sattler, just incredible. Now, my most valuable back in this team, pretty easy one. I think it has to be GI. Of course, the Melbourne Storm salary cap happened four or five years earlier. The Melbourne Storm had the best centre, 5'8", fullback winger in the competition in their team, Greg Inglis. Something had to give. They decided to keep the big three, which was a good decision for the Melbourne Storm, no doubt about it. They won a premiership two years later, built around those three. But of course, it lands Greg Inglis on the doorstep of South Sydney and a narrative that was just perfect with such strong links to the Indigenous community in South Sydney. Greg Inglis, there has never been a better poster boy for South Sydney as far as I'm concerned. Just a, a, a revolutionary talent. We've never seen anyone like GI and he went from obviously not playing fullback at the Melbourne Storm to being the South Sydney Rabbitohs full-time fullback. He started there in the centres a little bit here and there, and without a doubt, he's the most damaging centre in our game. But when he moved to fullback, it was just something else. And granted, Slater, I still think he was the best fullback at the time, but as he, at his absolute peak, GI, he could be the most damaging fullback we've ever seen. He was unbelievable. And this season... He just took it to a new level. I don't think they could have won the premiership if they were missing either of these guys, Burgess or Greg Inglis. They were massive to this footy team. Most valuable forward. Now, I've already given Sam Burgess the leader, so I went in a different direction. I've already spoken about him a little bit. Ben Teal, 
for me, he was massive this year. He was huge. And I think people forget just how much impact he had on this team because he did leave uh, pretty soon after this. He, of course, has come back for the Brisbane Broncos, a lot older, hasn't really set the world alight. But he was so important to this side. I already mentioned that prelim final where he came on and he gave away a penalty from memory. James Maloney was already on the ground and he picked him up and threw him on the ground again. And it was just, you just hadn't really seen anything like that before. To be honest with you, it was a dumb play. It was a stupid play. It gave away a penalty. But you could tell from that moment, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they just changed their tune. They just clicked into gear. For me, I think it's a huge defining moment in that season. I'm sure that most South Sydney Rabbitohs fans would agree because from memory... The Roosters had an early lead in that game. I, I'm pretty sure they were up in that game, and then he came on, and he just turned the game on its head. He came off the bench that week. Of course, the next week, he was in the starting side for the South Sydney Rabbitohs and was great in that grand final as well. I think he gave away that penalty, and I think he scored a try in that prelim final as well that was a pretty big one. So as far as value goes, Ben Teo was right up there, and he's probably a guy that's forgotten a little bit when it comes to heroes of that team. You've obviously got guys like Sam Burgess and Greg Inglis that really dominated the headline lines, but Ben Teo, he was he was right up there with the very best of them and a real forgotten hero in this team for me. Probably not with South Sydney fans, but for a lot of other fans, I think he definitely is. Now, the undervalued man, this was really hard because a lot of guys I could have gone for. Dylan Walker, we're actually going to hear from him in a second. He came on the podcast and spoke about this grand final. I've cut up that little clip for you guys to listen to, just talking about the passion behind it. Obviously, a South Sydney junior. And the key to this premiership was that they had so many young guys that played so far above their pay packet. You had Dylan Walker. He was the best center in the game. He was unbelievable. Alex Johnson, he was playing like one of the best wingers in the game. And these guys were on base salaries. Luke Keery. Luke Keery had an unbelievable season at South Sydney. I think people forget just because of how scrappy and messy it was when he left and how well he's done at the Roosters. People forget just how good he was at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I mean, they had Dylan Walker at six. They then had Jordan Sutton at six. And they moved them both to different positions to allow Luke Keery to come in and play his footy. And he was the real X factor in this side. But for me, I still think the most undervalued and underrated guy in this premiership team was Adam Reynolds. Uh, He had the best kicking game in the business, and he still does to this day, in my opinion. I thought he was massive in this team, and whenever I sit back and watch the 2014 Grand Final, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I've always thought that Sam Burgess got the Clive Churchill medal. He had a great game, don't get me wrong, but I think that he got the Clive Churchill medal off the back of the narrative. In rugby league, we love a storyline, and Sam Burgess, the storyline that links back to Johnny Sattler years ago, playing through injury, it was was just the perfect moment, and Sam Burgess was so tough in that game. But for me, Adam Reynolds was massive. His kicking game was incredible in that game. Scored a try for himself, laid another two or three on. He was unbelievable. And people look at this scoreline and go, oh, you know, they, they, they won 30 to 6 or whatever it was. But it was really tight at halftime. I think the Rabbitohs were only leading by six points at halftime. This game was a lot closer than what people remember. At halftime, it was 6-0 to the Rabbitohs, yeah? So they won the second half, 24-6. to From memory, it actually got back to 6-all. Tony Williams scored reasonably early in that game. And then, of course, George Burgess blew it apart with one of the best tries we've ever seen from a front rower. Incredible stuff. George Burgess was the other guy I considered as the underrated fellow, but I just think Reynolds is criminally underrated in this team. What The role that he played was unbelievable. And for me... 
I would have given him the Clive Churchill medal. I think the narrative played a big role in Sam Burgess getting it. That's not taking anything away from Sam Burgess' performance. But you rewatch that game, and you watch the game that Adam Reynolds had. An unbelievable performance for a guy that he was only in his second year of first grade. People got to remember that. This halves pairing, Reynolds was in his second year of first grade. He was the rookie of the year in 2013 from memory. And Luke Keary was in his second year, but he didn't really play much in 2013. So unbelievable performance by Adam Reynolds. And he continued to do this stuff for another, what is it, seven, eight years in the South City Rabbitohs colours. He will move on at the end of the season. But he's a guy that I will always remember on the biggest stage on grand final night. He really did stand up. A brilliant kicking game as well. He was unreal, Reynolds. Kicked five from seven that night. Just a fantastic performance. And I'll tell you what, if Sam Burgess didn't get injured in the first play and there wasn't that narrative to go with it, I probably think Adam Reynolds gets the Clive Churchill, and that's probably an unpopular opinion, but sit down and watch the game again. Just keep an eye on on Ren Diggity throughout that game. He played unbelievably. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The last storyline coming out of this 2014 grand final was, of course, Api Curacao. He was the starting nine in this game. Isaac Luke was ruled out of this game because of a tackle on Sonny Bill Williams in the prelim final against the Roosters. Sort of dominated the headlines that week. It was funny. It was actually Isaac Luke was ruled out, but so was Michael Ennis. So the two starting hookers in this game was Api Curacao and Moses Mbai, wearing jersey 21 for Api and 19 for Moses Mbai, which is pretty crazy. Api obviously playing this week for another shot to get into a grand final, except now he's the man at Penrith in Jersey 9. Really, really interesting time that week was. And the celebrations after were insane, especially being in the South Sydney area like I was. It was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was crazy. There was rabbits painted all over the all over the roads everywhere. Celebrations. The whole, the whole entire South Sydney area was red and green. It was insane. Seeing the boys getting around for the next week or so, the South Sydney bus going around, seeing them st- staggering out of pubs for the next week. It, it, was, it was just a week that not only the players and the fans enjoyed, but the whole community enjoyed it. It was pretty crazy to see. It was one of those weeks that you sort of sit there and you wish you were a fan of that club because it just looked like the best time ever. An unreal week for South Sydney, an unreal season. The 2014 Premiership obviously ended a massive drought. Crazy scenes. I've mentioned Dylan Walker a couple of times, and obviously he's playing for the Manly Seagulls this weekend, of course, against the South Sydney Rabbitohs for a spot in the 2021 NRL Grand Final. Unbelievable narrative for Dylan Walker coming up against his junior club. And when I had him on the podcast earlier last year, I think it was, we had a really good chat about the 2014 Grand Final. I've spoken enough about it. I'm going to hand you over to Dylan now for him to talk about his memories and the emotions surrounding this game. Ladies and gentlemen, South Sydney 2014 NRL Premiers! Mate, the 2014 Grand Final, dream come true for, you know, it it ended that drought. Such a special moment. Tell me about the week leading up to it. Like, how do you think you handled that week? Yeah, no, it was it was um, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm a pretty you know relaxed guy. I, I didn't get too worked up with it. Um, you know, I remember Madge coming in and speaking about that grand final week, and he just said, "Look, boys, enjoy your moment. We have got a game on Sunday, but you know, 
um, take every, everything that comes in Australia because you got to do a lot of stuff. Back then, it was like you had to go to a grim final lunch one of the days and then you had to do a, a footy show. It was, it was a pretty hectic week. And I just remember a lot of fans coming up to our last training, like the last fan training session day. And it was probably the coolest training sessions I've been a part of just because it was about 5,000, 6,000 people there at Redford Oval just, you know, cheering us on and cheering us on while we're training. And it just gave a bit of an extra push for us in that training, trying to look good for the fans. Um, it was it was such a good week. It was, um, it's, it, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect so many promos and so much hype around it. But um, it, it was supposed to be like that. I thought it was just a normal week. And Madge sort of said, you know, take everything that comes in your stride. I guess we did so, but knowing the fact that we had a, a game on that Sunday and rip in and he was pretty good like that and he, he switched us straight back on to footy mode when once everything was finished and we had a captain's run and into the game. And I was like ready to go and just yeah, it felt like we were never gonna lose. So obviously, you know, the the two minute warning you get before you go on the field was like were you guys a confident squad at that point? Yeah, definitely. We once we beat the Roosters and um, in in the prelims, and then we had that whole week. I think as a collective, we we knew that we were going to win. We had we had so much self belief in, in amongst the squad, and we knew every single person left and right of you was never going to let you down in that jersey. And we had a pretty good team, and you know, we felt that fortunate to to be a, a part of something special, uh, not just only for us, but just in the whole South Sydney area, and how much. You know, the, the fans had to endure such a tough period of time when they got booted out of the competition. And, you know, we, we wanted to be a part of history in that club in the NRL that, you know, we were going to break that drought of 43 years. And, yeah, we just, yeah, a lot of confidence and self-belief um, before that game, especially when that two-minute bell went. Everyone knew exactly what they had to do and what, what we're going to do. Mate, you talk about a part of history. Um, Sam Burgess, the game he played that night, obviously with his broken jaw, like, how did that unfold in the first few minutes? I imagine you were at right centre, so you would have been on the other side of the field, yeah? Like, how, how did it all... Did you all know about it during the game? Did you find out at half-time? Oh, yeah, well, I knew about it straight away because as soon as he had a hit-up, he, he ran towards the sideline and it was on the right side where I was and you could see his eye was all swollen and he just said, oh, I think I F my, like, <laughs> my eye and to the trainer. And then they looked at it and we just knew something wasn't right and then... Yeah, he was telling us he goes, mate, my eyes stuffed. So, didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how Sammy, like, me knowing Sammy, you know, personally and how he was as a player, I knew he wasn't going to go off and not give 110% of effort. So, the way he he carried himself and how he played was, you know, unbelievable. Like, he's going into the scrums, like, the players are trying to headbutt him in the eye and he's just, he's sort of coming out of it and just, like, the, the true warrior is he just, you know, played with aggression and, you know, the whole game was something special to witness and be a part of. And, yeah, he was, you know, as a player, knowing Sammy and playing with him, you just knew he wasn't going to come off. And it was, you know, for him, that was his departing gift to the club before he went overseas and he absolutely crushed it. Mate, uh, that siren goes, the game's over, you've ended the drought. Tell me about the circus that starts after that. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, to be honest, it didn't feel real at the time. It it felt like... uh, Oh, it was just another football game. And it probably the emotions didn't probably kick in until we're on the bus going back to um, to the South Leagues Club in uh, Kingsford, and that's when all the, the emotions started kicking in for all of us. We're all singing, um, you know, we are the champs. We had yeah, and all, like all the all the songs on the bus, and 
you know, having a Yahoo time on the bus, that was probably the time it had kicked in the most. When I went off, it was just, yeah, we won. So, yeah, but it might have been, meant something completely different, you know, t- towards, you know, a couple of other boys, especially someone like John Sutton, where, you know, he, he was through that tough period of the time for the CS club. And then, you know, finally he got to, you know, be the captain of the CS winning um, premiership of 2014. And, yeah, the motion is really come down we're on the bus going back to the, the Leeds club tell me about your premiership ring I believe there's quite a story here yeah yeah we're on the boat and you know we're having our, our celebrations and yeah there was some food we had some chicken wings and some salads and all that stuff on the boat and <laughs> I was having I was just pumping the chicken I was probably having eaten for about three or four days and yeah and then I had the plate on the front of the boat and I was just tossing the chicken wings and then I tried to throw this uh, chicken wing to hit this pole I think I betted with um, Aaron Gray. I just said, if I hit that ball, you're going to give me 50 bucks. And then when I threw it, the ring slipped off. And, mate, I was, I was, uh, I broke down in tears. Eh? Um, I remember I just started crying. All the boys were like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll get you a new one. And I remember sitting on the boat going, it's not the fucking same. <laughs> having, a, having a soup and cry. It's just, yeah. And then they called up Madge and Madge said, don't worry, mate. We'll get you a new one. And then, yeah, carried on with the celebrations. So, mate, somewhere at the bottom of Darling Harbour, there's a 2014 Premiership ring, is there? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like everyone keeps saying, they're like, why didn't you dive in for it? I was like, fuck, well, fucking moving. What do you expect me to do? Just jump in after a ring while well, we're going freaking, I don't know how fast the boat was going, but it's going pretty fast. <laughs> I, didn't, I was like, fuck, do I get eaten by a shark or, or go try and save this ring? But it was a, it was a, it was a oh. I look back at it now and laugh, but at the time it was not funny. For sure.